what is really interesting about doing the artist way is that I never ever thought, I've always been someone that's just been really creative with my ideas, I've sort of really lived art, and to suddenly feel like I just couldn't get anything out there and I didn't have anything to say has been, yeah, and, and not, and just not being able to do it. <laughs> I've just yeah, not yeah. been able to do it. And it's like, what the heck? Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. And today my guest is Natasha Caruana, who is in Margate in the UK. How are you doing, Natasha? Hi, Javier. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I, I forgot video. how you say my name. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we met like almost right at the beginning of this podcast. Like you came to L.A., you were staying at a residency here. And uh, and then I was do I did an art show and you kind of took me under your wing like a little bit and like gave me instagram advice and stuff like that and i'm really excited to see like what you're doing nowadays because you're basically just doing this on a broader scale but like st at the top of the game i want to give you props for like you really schooled me on a lot of like how to be an artist and how to be a, a public persona public first pacing persona early early on before i even had any listeners so i i uh i want to give you a proper your proper uh introduction how are you? How's how are things in Margate? We'll get into the work show grow stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really amazing to see you still doing the podcast. Like, how many years have you been doing this now? I'm a little embarrassed to say at this point because I have I've been doing it for five years, but I stopped, so I don't have the listenership to reflect that the amount of time yeah. I've been doing it. I You've stopped been for doing COVID. It. It's consistency, isn't it? You've been yeah, showing yeah. up, and is that every week you've been doing that? Near enough. Yeah, I mean, near enough. Yeah, definitely. That's it's incredible. So when I met you, I was staying in the brewery. Yeah, at know, uh, like, at uh, Eastside International. Yeah, yeah. I don't know all the reference points, and yeah, it was amazing. I was there. It was an amazing summer, and I just met loads of people. And you were the one I met you because you were doing this. You were making a show and organizing a show downstairs in the gallery, and. To be honest, the studios were quite quiet. So when there was something happening downstairs in the gallery, it was like, oh, people happening. Okay, this is <laughs> this is this is, you know, LA. This is this, you know, the art scene, the artist-led scene. And yeah, it was exciting to hear what your ideas were and to spend that time, you know, and you were very helpful because you had a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get into so that. Because it I... went two ways. Yeah. <laughs> the exchange went two ways. Um, and I had quite a few friends came over over that summer as well to visit. And yeah, it was it was hard because it was a strange one, actually, at that time, because I had just got a big commission in England to make a VR piece. But my summer was meant to be in L.A. So I was having to do a lot of work in L.A. time and then also with a team back in London. And yeah, I was very sick after that trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's great that I, you know, I met lots of people when I was there, and it was really well, exciting. I also want to give you your due because uh, it one thing that was also happening at the time because the the show that I curated at the gallery it was a ceramics show, but it was part of Made in LA, which is not the Made in LA at the Hammer Museum. It's the Made in LA that my homie Molly Schulman put together uh, with my friend uh, Salome Grace, and they they basically had there were all these. It was August, so it, it, they were all it was hot, and there were all these events going around. So like that's where I. That's where you saw me trying to like kind of become 
myself now, you know, where I was like going to these events, networking, documenting, showing that I went because that was kind of the the responsibility I took upon myself. Like you were super encouraging with those early posts of just how to like, you know, put things together and present things. So can we talk a little bit about Work Show Grow and introduce that? Because we have a broader topic that I, I literally wrote morning pages today. I want to tease it a little bit. We're going to talk about the artist way. I feel like one of the things that I didn't, what I would like to do as I learn more in the art world is explain things to people that I've learned along the way. And disillusionment is part of that. And like understanding what the realities of the art world are. And you've, you, I mean, you've, won prizes and stuff like that like you are like a legit like people were impressed by you that that i met you know like we would go to like different galleries and just because of who you were and who you were associated with like you're still like leaps and bounds ahead of me career-wise so it's interesting especially with the, the the artist way stuff like you know it's good for young artists to understand that like even at any stage of the game you know i think in terms of like uh, people coming out of grad school have a lot of hard have a hard time continuing their practice because they're burnt out or whatever, you know. So I I, I do like this topic, but tell us about uh, Work Show Grow because it is basically a manifestation of all. Like you're basically doing this. You used to joke that I needed to write you a check. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was, but we that made in LA was amazing. I mean I really got under the teeth and people were doing stuff in their houses. I went to an elevator show. I went to a show curated on a fridge. Like it was so exciting. <laughs> and it was all through that Made in LA. And as part of that, I was documenting what I was doing. I always felt like showing what I was doing and obviously the plat, you know, depending on your platform, doing that via Instagram, it was a form of activism. Like to show what I was doing every day was like, here I am, I'm doing this, I'm just you know progress not perfection I'm just trying to make it as a female artist and in somewhere I don't know and it's it, you know it's so hard for me I didn't have connections to the art world and I'm just so grateful for you know going you know getting into the Royal College of Art having a, a scholarship there and then moving to become into working as a lecturer at university carrying on my art career at the same time and I just think god how has this happened I really want to show other people how this has happened. So I suppose Workshow Grow, which is an online educational platform, it started through that real drive of like, tell people how it actually works. Mm -hmm. And obviously there is no rule map. That's part of the problem. There's no <laughs> career path to follow. Um, but just like, how did you get that commission? How, how have you got this show there? How have you got a residency in LA? Like, how is this all happening? And it's amazing that we have these, you know, ways that we can show people how it really works. Obviously, there can be lots of fictions and constructions with what you present. But I've always tried to present the reality. And I think that was, you know, meeting you was saying, okay, like, if you want to do this podcast, like, let's start talking to people about it. Let's start yeah. showing you, showing you're doing it. Let's write. I remember we did your bio, write podcast host on your bio. And oh, yeah. We, like... bio. And you were like, ah! <laughs> like, just own it like if you are not going to have the confidence in yourself to say this is what you do then why are other people going to believe in you you have yeah. to put it and it's such a simple thing but it's also it's that psychology like that psyche of saying like yes this is me and yeah it, it hurts it's awkward but you grow into it and you just have to do it 
No yeah. one else is going to do it for you. And another thing that you did was make me take ownership of being a curator because I literally did not have any art of my own in that in that show. <laughs> there that's, was what, a... That, that's a good curator. <laughs> so many freaking curators are like, I curate the show and this is my piece and this is my piece. You know, I mean, yes, you can obviously do that, you know, particularly artist-led spaces, you know, you all those roles are interconnected and, and they are, they're, they're fluid. But yeah, it was it was funny that you were embarrassed about that. I was like, no, that's great. Yeah. Like, tell me about the work. And gave, that's how we met. Tell me about the work. I think that's what I first said to you. I, I, I gave you the, uh, I'm more of an organizer. <laughs> and you're oh like, that's bullshit. <laughs> you like, yeah. you were, you were very, very serious, but uh, I mean, not, not in a bad way, but you were, you, you definitely cut through the bullshit, which is, I think something that I think is probably refreshing to the people, you know, like there's a therapeutic element to that right like where it's not i mean i guess a therapist would never call you out on your bullshit like that necessarily but there's like it's like yeah stop man like you're not getting anything out of this like mm -hmm. i remember this is i would i i remember i don't even know who it was it was i was at a friend's party and i was talking to them about the podcast and i was like yeah i feel weird about monetizing it and doing advertising and, and he literally looked at me he was like no one cares <laughs> Like, fuck that. Like, it's just like an integrity thing that I had, that it was a notion, you know? And and in fact, I feel like a lot of that comes, I mean, I say it all the time, but I just feel like a lot of that comes from an ed education system. I know that the system over there is different because I looked into going to, to the UK for grad school. And then I decided that for an MA instead of an MFA, it might just cause like weirdness for me over here. But um, but yeah, the the do you, do you, like, do they teach? Did you learn any of this stuff at the Royal College of London? Because I know some schools do teach stuff like this, yeah, but no, I know not, a lot. Not don't. really. Yeah, not really. Um, yeah, it was very about making work. I mean, different schools are different. The Royal College of Art mm -hmm. is very much about making the work and having lots of crits. Um, and yeah, really quite competitive. But I think what I did, which started this, was that I actually I set up an art studio, co-founded an art studio. It was 2008. So financial crash, like what a time to graduate. The year before, everyone was coming in buying, I buy this, I buy this. It's like a big selling show. The final show is like a big selling show. Everyone comes out of Kensington and Knightsbridge and they start selling. In our show, the a year later was like ghost town. <laughs> like no one was wow. buying anything. And but the the upside of a recession like we are in now is there are opportunities for artists. And where loads of businesses were closing. There was a pub in Clapham, which is quite an affluent area, kind of a buzzy area in South London. And there was a large public house, a really beautiful old coach house, a large pub. And on the top floor was offices and they had to move because, you know, the recession, they couldn't afford it. They needed to rent it out. So I took that on uh, with um, a co-founder and kind of set it up as this studio called Studio Strike. Mm -hmm. And that was so formative in like learning, okay, like let's see let's do events let's do we had the middle floor which was a performance space or kind of it would be for kids birthday parties or bar mitzvahs but we used it as a projection space and then downstairs was a bar somebody yeah. to clear up after you so it was like an amazing collaboration between having an event space and also having staff that were there anyway and that just taught me so much i hadn't we had no idea what we were doing it was just like no idea so that sorry the 
the pub underneath was that a separate entity that co you collaborated with? They they owned the whole building, so we so rented they would, the they... top floor. Yeah, so they they rented out the top floor to artists, and that top floor, yeah, became together. We became the studio. Okay, um, it meant we got funding. We did festivals, and yeah, just. When I look back at it now, I was like, God, you know, I think I was 24. I think I was 23. <laughs> and I just like was doing this big project and it was so great. Um, and it was so good because we were all young emerging artists together from all different disciplines. So filmmakers to textile design to graphic designer. And we kind of just muddled through it together and it was really exciting. And that was where I really learned actually that gave me the first footing into being somebody or being recognized as somebody was simply because I set something up. So when mm. you become a founder of something, just like you've done with your podcast, you've got something to talk to people about. And it's not yeah, about yeah. you and your work, but inadvertently it becomes about you and your work because I was you know, presenting it as artist led. So I'm still in the studio making my own work. And that was just something that I was like wow I wish I'd been told and taught about business at school or entrepreneurship at art school because artists have to be so entrepreneurial but we just don't name it or don't talk about it and we yeah. have to muddle through and find our way but what if there's a place where you can go and learn and, and be inspired not even learn like be inspired to be like you can make your own opportunities come on I believe in you like what, what do you want to make happen don't waste that money applying for an open call over and over again. Use that money to put on a show. Go yeah. and paint your grandma's garage white, which is what I did, and put work up and say it's a show and get amazing install shots and then send them to places, send them directly to curators. You know, F boards of um, where there's a, a panel deciding who gets on a show or not. Like go to that person directly. And so that's, you know, really kind of what we do at Workshow Grow. We essentially teach confidence in different ways through funding, through personal development, self-development. And yeah, it's amazing to really see people thrive through the process of people yeah. tapping into online an online art school, which is for today. Well, you you have a lot of uh, people involved, right? Like the, you right now, you're doing. We can transition into to. Uh, do you have a specific way of phrasing your your topic? I don't want to deny you that okay, opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, my topic is about uh, blocked blocked creatives or the create. I feel like the creative block is um that's something that's a bit too dismissive in our language. So I was thinking about the blocked creative, um mm. and how that can happen and all of the pressures that are around an art career as you progress you know I think it's very easy to think it's first when you first start but that's what I wanted to kind of talk about is I feel like we don't talk enough particularly on podcasts or in magazines it's always the showy bits it's never the reality of you know what it can be fucking hard and you think your career is going one way and then it's shit happens and you have to regroup and take that time and do a bit of hibernation and we are forced to feel like we're on the go all the time and have to be on the go all the time on this treadmill and mm. I don't you know I work with public spaces or public institutions you know I am not on the art market treadmill when I talk about the art world I'm talking about my art world which is you know it's institutional, essentially. I work with institutions, do long-term commissions. So 
you know, I'm, so you're not, I, you're not, that. you're not looking for representation. Is that what you're, is that the difference or you can have um, representation? I mean, like, there are some artists in my boat, that in my, in my field that yes, there is representation for, but I don't financially require to sell on a commercial market. Okay. I don't find in terms of an art fair. So my money comes in through uh, a commission. So somebody might say, okay, you know, have have this money and make something about this topic. Or it might be, you know, I get a lot of arts council funding in the UK, which is a really amazing resource. You know, really learning about getting funding has been fundamental to my career and learning how to use that language. You know, so every year, you know, in January, you can apply for funding and you could get, you know, 10, 30,000 pounds for that project. And a lot of artists do that. And it's like, okay, I wish I'd known that you can do that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, essentially it's it's giving, it's an empowering artist to be like, you know, you can get money other ways without being on this conveyor belt of making and making for somebody else. You can make, I suppose for, for the work that I make, it's about anybody can go into that gallery. Public institutions in the UK, they have an obligation to be for everybody. That anybody yeah. will come into that space and experience that art and that's what I love that's why I love to make art is you know it can be a conversation what can I ask you to just uh because I, I I know that you you're you you British people use different words for stuff uh, sometimes and so when you're saying you're getting a commission is that different than a grant or are you or, or... okay yeah it's a good it's a good question so a commission would be when somebody funds you to make something and you might pitch for what that is you're making or they might say hey um so for example the piece that I made when I was out in LA I was commissioned to make a piece about choice so it was Arts Council England had funded two institutions to run the commission which was PhotoWorks which is a big um international photography platform and also House Biennale it was like a big festival so they got a pot of money from the Arts Council and they went to I think four artists and said we've got this commission you know we've got this I don't know what it was ten thousand pounds to make a piece of work for a solo show as part of the highlight of the festival so can you pitch what your idea would be mm. so then you know I went to an interview process I said this is what I want to make if I'm successful, this is what I'll make. And they said, okay, yeah, we would like your idea. And then you sign a contract and then you have to you have to deliver that piece of work um, for that budget. And often what's great, and that's what I did with that project, is when you get one bit of funding, you can go to other people and say, hey, do you want to be a, a co- you know, do you want to come in with a bit of funding? Mm-hmm. So those people would be funding, but they wouldn't be commissioning. So commissioning would be, we want to make this piece of work. So you might get a pocket of funding, which a pocket of funding would, for example, the last few years, I've got Arts Council funding just for development. So there's no, I don't have to make anything. They'll just give you a pot of money and say, like, for example, I just got um, £10,000 to just play with drawing for for six months. So I do two days a week in the studio funded by them to, to try and shift towards a drawing practice which has all been part of this trying to unblock myself. <laughs> okay. It's rattled uh, up. <laughs> do you, do you, you, you came out here when you came out to the Eastside international thing, you were here also uh, at the behest of the museum of broken relationships. Yeah. Right. So you, so I, I as people are listening, 
I'm not so sure that this isn't available here in the U.S. because you seem to have found some opportunities here too. It, it I don't know about any arts council and stuff like that, but I mean, it's it, it's just interesting that you you like. I think it might be about what you need to know. Although it does seem like I don't know that we have. I mean. We have the MacArthur Genius Grants and stuff like that, but I don't think we have anything that populist over here, which is interesting. But uh, maybe like it, uh, the advice I can give artists is to go to to the UK. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's it's a kind of a different system. In you have you have you have there's pros to America that we don't have here. I mean, you do have if you stick with it, you have some amazing life changing awards that are just massive. Like those yeah. chunks of money are crazy. Um, you know, and I've I've got one of them. I'm like looking. No, I haven't got one of them. I've got them. One of them. And I was just like, whoa, look at that. <laughs> when I'm like looking at it, and I talk yeah. about it when I'm funding workshops. But what you do have that we don't have is you have the am- amazing opportunities around universities. So so yeah. many of your universities have galleries attached, and we don't have that system in the UK at all. And it's actually really hard to get these public shows. Whereas I think it was um, Philadelphia. Is it the um like near, is that near Chicago? Yeah, Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania. It's close okay, enough to Chicago. Um, so there's the Kinsey Institute there, um, uh-huh. which is attached to the university there, and it's amazing. A big research center with a gallery attached around my subject matter of uh, love and relationships. So you can find ways if you really kind of know what your topic is. I think in America that's kind of how it feels like it works is you can align yourself to these institutions that have particular topics. Okay. Uh, and then can I quickly, you just talked about briefly what the main themes of your work are, but can we talk about some specific pieces? Because they're pretty interesting. I was into them. Uh, you do photography, but you are you have a pretty heavily conceptual bent, which makes it easy to talk about on the podcast because you don't necessarily have to describe the visuals of it. You have a fun one uh, that is you collected all the, pictures of wedding dresses that are for sale where they cut out their faces because they don't necessarily want to be you know have a public picture of them out there on like the internet uh but uh but you could you collected all these what can you talk about that project yeah sure. and then maybe also talk a little bit about the the uh the what's it called what was the ab- website for the married men thing um married man yeah married man Okay, so, but what was that? What was the name of that? Because we have it. It used to be called something. It was like, uh, um, there was one over here, but the British one. What was it called? Uh, married man. That piece. Oh, the website. That's not the name of the project. Oh, oh, the website. So Ashley Madison was one of them. I don't know if you okay. had that in America. So, did you have that in America? Yeah, you did. Yeah, found on it but then they said oh it's yeah. a fake myself. and when they got hacked <laughs> I don't remember that wow that's amazing yeah, yeah yeah they got when they got hacked but then they realized that there was also like Scooby-Doo on there and Trump on there <laughs> they just were like people would were, were you know signing up with impersonated names of course you're not going to sign up with your real name yeah, yeah. like at that, that, that level Javier um, Proenza <laughs> <laughs> but fairy fairy I suppose the first one the first one that was really early on in my career which was called Married Man and for that piece I was really data and the internet kind of has a lot has a large part in my work in terms of the research they're normally long-term research projects and the internet and data normally sits quite heavily within that and so I was really fascinated how these dating apps were pinging up and how 
these dating apps specifically for married men to meet mistresses, how would that change the institution of marriage? So normally I have a question in my mind, question, which also helps with the funding. So what is the question you're trying to figure out? And so that was my question, like, how is this changing the institution of marriage? And then I started to look at these websites and I was like, okay, this is really interesting. And I thought, you know what? I wasn't really sure at this point it was even a project, which it normally happens. I'm just curious. What would it be like to sign up to one of these? What would it be like to be a mistress? You know, what do they say to you? So then I signed up and I had to sign up for a few because they sort of vetted you to make sure I don't know how they vet you, but to make sure you're legitimate and, you know, not a sex like worker. you're actually Scooby-Doo. Yeah, there for a relationship. <laughs> and so then I went on a few of these dates and it was it was really interesting because what happened in those first four dates that I went on, just kind of in a research, curi- I wouldn't even say research phase, like curious phase, um, all the men talked to me like I was a marriage counsellor. They talked to me all about their wives and about how unhappy they were. And I became this real emotional support. And I was so surprised because in society and stereotyping, you know, we see on the movies and in the, you know, the magazines and newspapers, you know, oh, this amazing, you know, mistress and all raunchy. And the idea of what we think an affair is, is actually very different to what I discovered. Mm-hmm. And I just thought this is fascinating. They're complete polar opposites. So I thought, what would happen if I signed up and actually repeated this idea of seeing a married man and didn't, not about them, not about their own individual stories, but looked at this idea of what was infidelity looking like today at the beginning of dating apps. So I went on 80 dates. So I went on 80 dates with married men at the beginning when I was finding my way, you know, I'd kind of go on, you know, one every few days towards the end when a a curator found out about the project he's like this is fascinating let's put this up in an exhibition and then I was like okay let me see how I feel about that and actually decided to wait a bit between finishing the work but towards the end of the work I was seeing like three a day so I'd see like one for brunch one for lunchtime one for cocktail and it was a really (laughs) tough piece of work because mostly because of their names you know, they'd say their names is Mickey Blue Eyes online. And then they'd say, my name's Paul. And then you meet up with them and they say, oh, my name, actually, I must tell you my name's Jack. So it was like quite a confusing project. It was very performative. It was very ethnographic, you know, very anthropological. So I really kind of got into the psyche of doing that over an 18 month period of predicting how they wanted me to act. So I would just mirror how they wanted me to be so if you know a little bit flirty I'd be a bit flirty if you know they really wanted to talk to me deeply they talked to me deeply and at the same time I was also really interested in I'd read um Sigmund Freud beyond the pleasure principle and he talks about if you repeat something that's traumatic it will eventually become pleasurable and that's when I realized that actually what would happen if I kept repeating this and that came off the back of me having a, a relationship with a married man and he really changed my life. He was the one that made me go to university. He was the one that said, hey, get away from all your friends in London. Like you're really not on a good path and just changed my life, like completely picked me up and changed my life. And obviously there was a kind of a lot of unraveling that I need to do with someone doing that to your life when it was going down one direction and then coming and changing it. But that piece of work was also very cathartic for me 
to be like, how how do I think about, how do I feel about the fact that I was in a relationship with a married man? And then I'm literally doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And that piece obviously caused a lot of contention because, you know, the, the headlines and it went viral on Twitter, it had like thousands of comments on Huffington Post. I mean, it went everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was early on so I still had my mobile number on my website <laughs> like <laughs> legit, like oh no one's gonna ring me so people started ringing me people started ringing me saying can I go on a date or people started giving me abuse and yeah it was kind of a really heavy thing to be like wow the power of art by putting something out there and it was just hands and the images were just hands or someone paying with a credit card well the, the you can the way you described it was really like or back then I, that I, it's that really stuck with me is that you had basically the table was just a stage where yeah. it was the like you were never showing so you would have hands and stuff and interactions but it was all like within your field of view as as if you're looking down right that yeah. that is pretty much what but all the different table setups all the different interactions hands holding and stuff like that so that yes. that, that that i feel like that was like a really concise way that stuck with me not to explain your art to you but it is your own words <laughs> yeah like i always say there were the tabletop became like little theaters of the affair yeah and it was for the audience to imagine you know you would you wear that jumper would you sit like that and and the audience completely come with their own ideas of an affair and that's what's so fascinating about it if you yeah. walk into a gallery space and there's 54 large images and a sound piece and you're confronted with this idea of all these people conducting an affair in that moment, if your dad has had an affair or your husband has had an affair, you look at that work very differently. Then somebody would come in the gallery and there'd be people laughing, going, I would never wear that jumper. Oh, my God, what is he wearing? <laughs> so it was a real conversation opener um, in terms of an, uh, in terms of a piece. And it was all shot on disposable camera. So something very quick and free and and actually that was fascinating because I learned a lot about how also people see a female artist. You know, I'd yeah. say I'm an artist, I'd have a pseudo name, so they didn't know it was for an art piece. Um, and then I'd get out my camera and say, Oh, and I'd only take like one if I did, if I felt confident in them. I only take one picture and I say, Oh, look at that rose and take a picture. And as soon as I got out this disposable plastic camera and I and they said, oh, my God, like, oh, you're not an artist. Or they just kind of belittle you. And I just thought that was really quite funny as well, how people saw the tools or the performance yeah, yeah. of the artist. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a fascinating experience to do early on. as like your first art piece, really. Uh-huh. Uh, cool. Well, then, I mean, we could keep talking. I always find your work really interesting, but I don't want to uh, detract from your main topic by continuing Yeah, the to main go. topic. Uh, so, so, I mean, cause I, I, one of the reasons that I like the topic is that, uh, what's it called? I, I was blocked after college and I, uh, uh, I, and that was just for my BFA. I moved out to California and people were telling me, like, I had a piece that became very popular, got me some like really good recognition back in the day, back in like 2012, uh, not, at your skill, but just like as as somebody that was a nobody, I showed a piece at Cirrus and a catalog came of it and people became aware of me slightly uh, that are now my friends to this day. But um, but yeah, the 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 book, The Artist's Way, which you're now currently doing with your um, with your class, you're at week five, I think I saw today on the mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 
Uh, so I actually was like, you know, I, uh, my, I'm still grieving a little bit because my father passed recently. And this morning I just woke up with heartache and I did the pages, the morning pages. I did three morning pages to get me in the mood to do this. And it really does still work. It's like, by the, you, you will be skeptical in the middle of the, of the, of the, uh, like uh, of the second page. You're like, ah, I'm not feeling good yet. But then you get to that third page and you're like, oh, like, it's almost like at that point you've dumped. And then you start, you're starting to feel better about yourself and you're starting to like, be like, nah, this is all bullshit, blah, blah, blah. All these fears. I don't know. You said you, uh, you said on a post that you use it for mostly to, um, to like plan the day ahead and all of that. I've always just used it as a purge of negativity. You know, like if I make all that's that, all that stuff that's circling in my head, you know, that would just go on a loop all day long and keep affecting my mood. I just purge it out. You know, and then like I like I literally can mark the point where I'm like, nah, you know, like, you know, like the first part of it is like, oh, my heart, is, my heart hurts. My heart hurts. I'm really sad. And then I guess it's just a process of sitting with it, you know. So I find I found the I highly recommend anybody who's out of an MFA program or a BFA program. If you are having a hard time coming out of that and you feel like the the joy of art making has been taken out of it there's a lot of really interesting stuff which you're you're halfway through so what do you do you, do you want to go through like the weeks that you've gone through maybe or sorry just interject wherever you want <laughs> i don't have so, to format it for you i think what is really interesting about doing the artist way is that it's you know it's one of those books that you've heard of or you've had on the shelf or you've seen in a thrift store charity shop and I don't know what inspired it, but I think the last year has been really challenging because numerous reasons. You say you get you go in a Bermuda Triangle. I'd say it was more like I went into a Bermuda Hexagon or something. It was just like, <laughs> it, I'm just like, how do I find my way out? And it was something that I thought, okay, I'm going to try and dedicate. I'm going to dedicate that back to school, that September time, that full time to do the artist way because I never ever thought I've always been someone that's just been really creative with my ideas I've sort of really lived art and to suddenly feel like I just couldn't get anything out there and I didn't have anything to say has been yeah and and not and just not being able to do it <laughs> I've just yeah, not yeah. been able to do it and it's like what the heck and I think there are there's completely legitimate reasons, but you just get overwhelmed with all of them coming together. And I think it's just been a time with, you know, you've lost your father. I, I've lost, lost my mother and I moved, moved to a new place. And, you know, I suddenly found out I was pregnant and I didn't think that was going to ever happen to me. So there's that massive, massive shift between your time and suddenly your identity. So moving to a new place as a mother, not as an artist was like, wow. Okay there really is these lines that that happen and i just didn't ever expect that to happen so this amazing community of workshop grow we do you know it's it's essentially a paid school so people come on come and they be part of the school we've got 100 artists around the world but we also as part of our values we do a lot of free things as well um so there's you know we do different retreats and workshops but we did a big challenge called Traction, Not Distraction, which was 50 days of every morning, me doing an Instagram live on my studio floor. And yeah, sometimes I was crying, like live on Instagram and being like, 
okay I really want to draw my mother's blankets this morning and and so I went through that process and so many people and some mornings you know Suki would come in the room and I'd have to be like stop what I was doing and make a bug house with her or do some drawings with her and not do what I was doing and so many people resonated with showing the reality of like the reality of trying to get focused but then it was about having a bit of a break after that and then doing it one step you know one step further doing traction not distraction but doing it with support and Julia Cameron's book those 12 weeks there's an amazing support system around you trying to get unstuck and it takes you through you know a week by week journey and as part of it there's kind of information and there's also tasks that you are set and then there's the two other elements which are and I apologize if you all know this, maybe you do, but it's a good recap. Then the two other elements, which are the non-negotiable artist date, where you have to take yourself on a date for two hours every week. And you can't have a child with you. You can't have your partner with you. You can't have friends with you. It's about a lone moment of you. And as she calls it, your inner child. So, you know, you get these moments to yourself. And then also coupled with that, the foundation of all of this is the morning pages. And it's about waking up and on that, you know, when you're kind of like having a stream of consciousness, you're not quite awake. That's the best time to do it, she says in the book. So spending those three pages writing every morning and doing that as a discipline of something that you will continue beyond those 12 weeks as well. Yeah. It's like, it's weird. It's really weird right now because I'm actually getting emotional as you describe it, like, like, like almost teared up, but because, but, but like, I'm realizing like, there's no me now if I hadn't done this book, cause I was super blocked. I had no idea. And Mm -hmm. I remember what I did is I did the book. I made the work that I wanted to make. It was work that I had wanted to make since, since grad school. You know, I had the idea, you know, it's my, it's the famous receipt printer piece that I always talk about. Oh, right? nice. The, yeah. I remember you showing me that. And, and I was, uh, I was like, you know, I, I, um, I just, people were like, yeah, it's just a waste of money. Don't, you know? And like, and then I finally did it and I did it. And that's one of the things of like, you know, sometimes you can get caught up in thinking that, um, you know, well, I don't have any showing opportunities coming up. I am nobody. I'm completely irrelevant. No one is ever going to see this piece, but I made it. And then someone saw it and then it got into a show, <laughs> you know, but if you, if I never made it, you know, so it's like, it's the steps in the process, but, but yeah, man, th- this book has been huge. And I remember the, uh, the artist dates. And I remember I, one time I went, this is this is uh this is how intense they that they can be. I went to like uh there's like a science museum here like for kids and stuff and I went and I went and I watched the um the what's it called? The, they have like 3D IMAX movies and stuff. And like I was there by myself and the woman at the ticket booth was like was acting like I was sketchy, you know, like for being there at a child, kids museum in the middle of the day and I was like and and like whatever it's fine you know like who gives a fuck because i didn't get arrested or anything i didn't do anything creepy but ultimately i was there with my inner child you know so like she didn't see you know the perception of what was 
Yeah. I mean, I like, no, yeah. I just kind of no, just. I'm with someone. I'm with my inner child. Can't you yeah. see them? <laughs> <laughs> <They'd be> like... <laughs> no, I just minded my own business. I mean, I, I totally get like parents being protective and like all of that shit, but that's not what it was about, you know? Yeah. But like the, you know, like ultimately the benefit of the artist date was better than the, was more important than the judgment, you know, like the balancing act of like, what well, I was there. I was there to like enjoy these movies. There was a movie about the Hubble telescope in 3d, which was awesome. It was narrated by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And then there was this like really lovely movie about all these orphan, this like ref, refuge that I've seen like clips of it since on like social media of like this refuge that takes care of orphaned elephants and orphaned orangutans. Tanks. And it was all about how much love and affection they need when they're young. It was like, you know, <laughs> so it was like, whatever. I mean, that was just a detail of the day. And then I bought myself astronaut ice cream, you know, and that was just one of many, many artist dates that I took myself on, you know, but yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's, that's what's so amazing about offering it. I just said, okay, I'm doing this. If you want to participate in this, in this, we're doing it for free. I'm facilitating it. So we made a, this time I didn't want to be crying on Instagram. So we did a, we made a private Facebook group and worked out how to go on Facebook again. I'm like, okay, what is my account? Did that. (laughs) And then, so we had, I think it's 170 artists sign up for the challenge. So every morning at, I get up at five and I do my pages and then at six, I kind of, go live and when I do a little spiel about Monday I introduce the new topic and half the chapter that Tuesday is the rest of the chapter if it needs it and then the tasks Wednesday we do the wins of the group so it's really lots of people commenting and giving their perspective on what is happening to for them and that's so amazing I really feel like I'm getting so much more from this from doing it with people yeah. because they're sharing every time you can bring something up they are sharing what their perspective is and it's just it's amazing it's like a massive hug every day right now and then on thursdays we do um the artist dates so i amalgamate all the comments from the week before what everyone's doing and have it as a big inspiration list we've had some amazing artist dates from someone you know going and getting a jigsaw puzzle and doing a jigsaw puzzle on the floor i'm like i love that it's just so wonderful to be yeah, going yeah, off yeah. to galleries some went off to milan to see something i was like okay that's a big one but of course <laughs> we're in europe so we can just like zip off and do things like that and yeah it's been it's been really great and also to discuss things that come up in the book which are challenging i think that's one thing that is not great about the book so for example i think it's in chapter 3 Julia Cameron talks a lot about crazy makers and crazy makers are the people around you that just make it all about them. You know, they, they're really disruptive. They take your energy away. You know, it's their schedule or no schedule. They'll turn up late or, you know, all that, you know, yeah, we all she have references, <laughs> she, she was married to, uh, to what's his name? Martin Scorsese. So she's like an insider in the, in the whole world. So she references, she, she's not talking about Martin Scorsese, yeah. but she references like auteur, filmmakers that were just insufferable in like it vaguely but yeah yeah yeah, i remember that chapter this book was impactful yeah a bit she you know there's like pages like four pages on the crazy makers but then she says (laughs) you need to um as the you know the summary was like if you're feeling like this you should go and get um love addiction anonymous and go for counseling and it's like well 
that really doesn't give me the, the building blocks to get these people out of my life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. for example, a lot of people in the chat said, yeah, I've identified who those crazy makers are. And also you do the tasks. So the tasks are like in the circle, write down who supports you, who gives you positive energy, but on the outside, who are the crazy makers? So you're doing all this work to identify those people. And then you're not really given the steps to think. How yeah, you yeah, yeah. So in the group, we've been having some really amazing conversations where I wouldn't, you know, a lot of people are strangers that are opening up and saying actually yeah this person that person what can I do and so it there's, there's that I think that there there does need to be more support in terms of how, how you can work through it and then the other thing that a lot of people have in the book is there's always that chatter about the way that Julia Cameron references the great creator and God yeah, yeah. Quite a lot. so the book is a spiritual path to higher creativity is the tagline of the book so obviously when you pick it up it does say spiritual path so you probably couldn't know that um but actually it's taken me to week five and a lot of conversations in the group about how we move forward and not think oh that doesn't relate to me and shut that down yeah. how do you actually refer that to your universe or your perspective or the way you see universal pool and the way you see serendipity as she puts it happening like why does serendipity happen why if you put yourself out there and make that work why does then somebody come in and say oh you've made that work I'm going to take it build it they would come like why how does that happen um and you know we even have a we I think it's a vicar that we have in our group or a priest as part of doing it (laughs) well a vicar and a priest are not the same (laughs) i I can't remember which oh oh, okay okay i think it's a vicar um yeah because a vicar can it can sin in like openly (laughs) yeah so you know there's lots and some people that like i i can't i can't carry on with this every time she mentions the god i i just don't believe in all of her other points because i don't believe in that so we're all kind of figuring it out together and but yet sticking through it you know and I've been quite ill you know I've I've had really bad COVID and I've been in in, I've been doing this in bed in my pajamas it's like come on I'm still showing up because also your body holds trauma so you know the trauma of not being able to make work it's like it's showing up physically for me and it's amazing to be part of this group doing it so I'd recommend if people wanted to do the artist way put it out there and say who wants to do it with me but yeah. also I do feel like it helped when I started to mention more and more that how all these crazy makers and all these pools that are happening in our day-to-day and we're not nurturing our inner child we're not giving our artwork the time or our artists the time is to say to people I'm on a really intense 12-week course right now I'm on a really intense course a course that I have to do every single day for 74 days it's like it's a lot of work (laughs) no it is yeah I think that's helped some people as well because everyone kind of thinks on the artist way they don't really understand the intensity of it (laughs) but actually I was listening to a podcast today of a neuroscientist talking about um the synapses in the brain and how if you really want to move through and make new new neuro pathways and develop your brain you have to have really these really intense moments of learning, like more than more than like, okay, I, I'm just testing that out, like really intense yeah. to shift things. And I was like, that's fascinating because that's how I see the artist's way. It is really difficult. <laughs> I don't know if you, did you have points where you wanted to give up? Can you remember that far back? 
Uh, I, I can remember. I don't think I did. I pretty much, but I was like, um, I was pretty desperate and I was alone. So I think that like, I just, it didn't, I didn't stop because there was no other option. Like, it's not like I had, I think I could see myself now faltering because I am like already somewhat active in the art scene. You know, I know uh, like I, my, my profile keeps going up. Right. So right now I am at a comfort level where I understand that if I keep doing this, it'll keep going up until I fuck up and everybody hates me. (laughs) That's the caution. You'll get props. Like, you know, you'll be canceled. You can come back and then in another iteration. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll have to like be like a full on pro-war and everything <laughs> you know like just being with the political elite class that is like uh, very angry about people having resources but um but yeah i think i i think that when i did it i just was like i just didn't have any other touch touchstone to the art world i remember what you were talking about with the with the for me, the way she explained the the great creator thing, the way she framed it was fine for me, you know, because she she's like she puts it into the terms for like, I definitely think that it would be interesting to have like an updated version, you know, although it's hard to like say that, you know, like, yeah, she needs to go back and revise it because it's kind of it is what it is. And it's perfect and for, for what it was at the time. You know, I, I think I, our our world is like very much different now right like i would put a lot more emphasis on social media and how that that, that's the thing in week four i mean this was like so far out some of the ideas are so far out and week four as not even a task as just part of the chat in the it's part of the chat in the chapter she just throws in oh you can do this additional exercise this week and we're going to do reading deprivation yeah you can't read anything and obviously the updated version of that is because this was written pre-social media, you can't scroll, no doom scrolling, no podcast. Don't have anything else coming into your mind and allowing to take away your creativity and your focus. So we've been going crazy on the chat. Like, how can I not have these? How can I not read? How can I not do these things? And, you know, I've had to go and buy Opal, which is an app to shut down all your apps so that I'm not distracted. So I don't pick up my phone. And... Yeah, it really made a difference actually on my artist date that week because I just sat and I was so present and I didn't actually pick up my phone. I didn't do these things. And obviously it's so obvious. And when you read it, you're like, I can't do that. But when you do it and you really listen to what she's saying and you you take it on board, actually it really does make a difference. You, Your ideas and that noise of everyday life just sort of just goes away and you, yeah. you, you hear these ideas pop up. I was like, this is what you need as a blocked artist is, you know, I think we try and surround ourselves with noise and busyness. And actually, as a blocked artist, it's good just to like be still and be quiet because the creativity is still there. It's just got to find its way out. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think that like a lot of it, a lot of modern society is all about um, like never being bored. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you just don't, it's an option to not be bored. And then you get into these places where you get bored being entertained (laughs) and then it's like a hollow feeling. It's like, uh, you know, uh, 
like and so so i think but i do think boredom is like one of the most one of the most important parts of being an artist because like that's where the creativity comes from your brain entertains yourself to some degree right uh can you can your imagination comes into play it's like yeah yeah imagination we're always giving our imagination to somebody else like let your imagination have a moment yeah for sure for sure Mm -hmm. um can I ask you, like, what can it? What are the th- five weeks that you've done so far? Do you remember the like what the main? Oh well, themes? I have the book, okay, <laughs> so I can go through them. Um, so yeah, they uh, do 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 We have, I mean, I can probably remember them to be honest. So there's quite an intro, the basic tools, um, and then, hey, why don't I just go to the uh, contents? Yeah, surely there's a list. Yes, there is. Okay. See, I'm trying not to look ahead. So I try not to look ahead to the other to the other weeks. Okay. Number one is recovering a sense of safety. And that's so that's a in- lot. That's a lot of stuff about inner critic and the, yeah. the inner sensor, right? Yeah. And also talking about your affirmations. So as, as which I actually haven't been that great about, but after doing your morning pages, you're meant to say your affirmations. I probably do it half the week and actually I need to spend some more time on that. Again, this podcast today where it's like you can reprogram your mind. Like they've, they found that that is true. You can actually yeah, yeah. reprogram your mind. So I was like, okay, I'm tomorrow morning. I'm on the affirmations. I'm wearing them as a t-shirt. I'm living them. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, she talks about that. Re- so recovering a sense of safety the second one is recovering a sense of identity. And that's where she talks about poisonous playmates and crazy makers and skepticism and you not believing that you can be this artist. Then recovering a sense of power. So that's where she deals with criticism. And she gave some really interesting work about that actually. Like, had she listened to criticism of somebody else at a particular point? she would have never gone on to win this and that, you know, gave some quite nice, solid examples of why would you listen to one person? Yeah. Why yeah. does it matter? Why does it matter yeah. if they don't like it? Like you've made it. Yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. put it out in the world. Like that is amazing. And to just really have joy in that. And That's something really- that I think about a lot because, I, you know, the more people know you, the more people are not going to like you or the more people yeah. there are in the world. Like you're just the percentages <laughs> are are going to scale up and it gets a little nerve wracking when you, when you're trying to be more known. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then week four, recovering a sense of integrity. So this is quite nice. There's lots of kind of quick exercises all around your childhood. So what do you like doing as a child? What brought you joy as a child? What was an, an adventure as a child? And then like, what are you doing now? <laughs> Why are you doing those now? <laughs> so that's quite a nice one. Um, and then also kind of doing detective work and thinking about what what were your five traits that you that you know of you as a child and how are they now? So it's, wow. that's quite a nice one. And then now I'm currently doing uh, recovering a sense of possibility. So that is um, thinking about your limits and your joys and this idea of yeah just kind of thinking about what it is you're doing in terms of your virtue trap she calls it virtue trap I feel like that's a word we don't really use but what she essentially means is people pleasing how are you putting other people first before yourself and there's been a few people in our group that have really sort of said wow that's really unlocked something in me reading that yeah why am I always putting 
people pleasing and doing this and doing that why don't I say no I need to go to the studio and play or I need to sit in the desk in the corner and play for two hours and yes that is work no I can't do that thing and so and I I do feel that's it's hard again being a creative because so many people don't know what we do all day it's always that yeah. question isn't it what do artists do all day um so you know making you say yes what I'm doing is worthwhile so that's so that's where we're at you know and I'm already reading ahead chapter six recovering a sense of abundance I'm not reading it it's a whole chapter <laughs> about the great creator um <laughs> so yeah and I, I it's, it's a funny one with the great creator because you know I have my beliefs and my opinions but facilitating this group as it's facilitating I'm doing it as an artist so I'm also saying I'm struggling with this I'm not struggling with this I'm yeah. trying to leave that topic quite open because I'm aware that I don't want to influence anybody else's journey through the artist way and um, so it's always that kind of balancing act whilst it also being 6am <laughs> and I'm <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it you know hopefully people are appreciating it and it is really fun to it's really fun to do and I'm now that we're nearly halfway through I'm already having that negative thought of what if it doesn't help (laughs) what if it's what if it doesn't (laughs) which is so bad and you know I do think one of these curses of this blocked artist is I had um yeah it was like a year ago now I had a really big early uh, early career retrospective so 169 works in France a big new um, art center and which is just on the hill of Cannes so it's called a town called Mujon which is like Miana's got a uh, a villa there it's like all the stars have got villas there because Cannes is done so there's like this new little town like up on the <laughs> hill Picasso used to go there Van Gogh used to go there and so I had this big uh, solo show and you know it's kind of terrifying to have all the work you've made in one place and the whole journey of your work as a bit of a full stop yeah yeah. like where do you go from that and also that was a show that was meant to happen cancelled in the pandemic you know moved forward the building didn't get finished and so any touring or anything that was set up it's just you know the work's still there and you just feel you just feel such a failure from the fact that you know why do you feel that because that's made because you don't know where to go next and I think that is a really terrifying thing as you go further on in your career of what comes next and all those thoughts of you're only as good as the last idea I hate that I hate no, that I, I, <laughs> if I can interject I would say that like my main takeaway and the whole thing with the morning pages and all of that is that like you just make you know, you don't think about like what you like, because the the part of it is an exploration, right? Like the stuff I'm making now, I've been unhappy with for a very long time. Now I'm kind of starting to like it because I figured out how it works. Right. But, but I think if you don't show up to the page, right. You know, it's like that you have to draw bad before you can draw good. Mm. It, you're not, you, you're never going to get like, if you just don't do it, you're never going to make anything else. And there might be some safety in that, right? Because then you don't have to like risk anything. You don't have to, you don't have to do the whole journey of the disappointment in the work and of hating it. It's not like creative process is not easy. Like you said, like you said, people do not understand it. And it's also true that I think a lot of people that engage in creative processes don't understand people that don't 
engage in them. Like when I'm dating people and I'm like, like I, I went on a hike with a, with a woman the other day and I was like, do you have any hobbies? And she goes, no, I, I watch movies and I hike. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to talk to you. Not that you're not a valuable, valuable human being, member of society. You probably have really interesting things to say. I just don't know how to relate to you in a way that I can access that side of you, you know? And so we're just like turned off by each other <laughs> and like just didn't finish the hike. But the, but it is, it is really strange. But then you at the same time- the hike. You didn't finish the hike. I I let I continued the hike. She left. Oh whoa! No, I was. I mean, it was fine, dude. I didn't want to keep talking to her. Like she no, was. It's she, like she, I just can imagine you like up a mountain and you'd be like, "Okay, bye." No, no, no. It's up. It's it's a small hike from like uh, from around. You know, I'm not gonna give my hike away, but it's a small hike in Griffith Griffith Park. Okay, fine. You know, but but no, it was just like it was so early on. We just realized that like. Uh, like, cause I'm like, I'm talking about like, fun, like, you know, I'm like, Hey, I like to do this. I like to do that. And no, you know, she probably already decided she wasn't attracted to me, which I'm totally fine with. I don't want to like talk, you know, it was going to be more torture, <laughs> but, um, the, 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 like, anyway, the main point is, is I think, yeah, it's a, it's a very difficult, um, thing to kind of even describe to people, right? Like. I've had people try to listen to this podcast and they don't get it, you know, family members and stuff. They're like, yeah, you, it's very smart, <laughs> but I don't get it, you know, <laughs> which is like, it's nice of them to say it's smart. I don't know necessarily always feel it's always smart, but, um, but, but yeah, like, I think it's very difficult and, and to like, to, to, to be pulled away from the practice like that's it's a practice you know you can't you can't uh you can't knock it you can't have purpose for towards your next piece already you know you have to explore and then and then the 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 person the part of you that's like really into it is going to get excited when you hit that thing you know i mean and right so one of my techniques to get through this is to i'm just currently doing 3 days a week at the royal college royal drawing school in london so drawing on different topics and really just throwing myself into that and trying to not have the negative thoughts of that that you know you can't draw or there's so many other drawers out there that are so much better than you why start now like 15 20 years into your career why start and something new and all of that thought and I'm just like no just enjoy it just enjoy yeah. it so, but it's such a hard thing to tell you constantly just enjoy the mark making just be in the moment get into the flow and and yeah I mean it's hard in next weekend so the 14th 10 days time I'm having an open studio <laughs> and I'm meant to be showing my drawing and I'm like why why did I book that in? <laughs> why did I have why is that out there as part of this art tour in Margate and I'm it's just on Sunday I'm hoping to just get in some major flow and do loads of drawings <laughs> because <laughs> something's got to happen <laughs> so uh, i think sometimes the deadline hopefully is going to be well i'll let you know you can put it in the postscript whether the deadline was useful or not because <laughs> i you know i booked it in thinking right i'll do six weeks seven weeks the artist way and i'll do an open studios and everything will be fine but i had no idea how much i was going to be broken down by julia cameron and i'm not ready to be back up yet <laughs> <laughs> i'm in pieces right now 
What, what, uh, what, well, what, tell me about that if, if without getting too dark or too vulnerable, but like, what, what, what do you feel like she's broken down that you need to be, be, build back up? Cause I remember that feeling. Like, where do you feel like you're like not, your confidence has been shaken? Uh, it's kind of and like it, in, in the chest. It's like a tightness that you can't breathe. Okay. You just feel like you want to come up for air because there's just so much to think about. There's so much awareness that she gives you of things in your life that you just didn't acknowledge so you know poisonous playmates crazy makers and and criticism and listening she gets you to write out um one of the exercises one of the tasks was write a letter to somebody that criticized your work and don't post it or and and write in that letter defend what they said to you Another time was write out all the, um, do a, a time block of all the bad things that have been said about you and your art, you know, each year or each, each five years, write out all the five things. Sorry, every five years, write out those things. You know, the teacher that says you can't do art because you can't draw or someone saying, I didn't like it, it had no meaning. All those things are in your head, write them out. And then, and then write out all the things that have been compliments. So all those words that you have in your mind. And for me, it was just so incredible that I could write out like that all the negative things that people have said. And I could not write a single thing that was positive. Not positive. I couldn't remember. I could remember compliments, but you're meant to write word for word what somebody said to you. And word for word, I could not remember somebody saying something that really I hold in my heart. I was like, that is crazy. Yeah. So part of the you know block you know un <laughs> breaking down is realizing how you've been acting how you've been showing up and without even knowing that you're doing it and that has just been really a hard pill to swallow because you're like wow I'd wish I had done that book so uh, earlier on because it just gives you such a different perspective on creativity of yeah. actually you know all, all those things and yeah so that's that's why I feel like well what's next I'm so fearful because of what I've unlocked already in the next six weeks. Like what, what is going to happen? <laughs> and I'm just no, hoping I put back together. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy you shared how, how, how intense it is. Cause it is really intense. I mean, these are very, very deep questions for artists about, you know, like this is existentialism on, on a real level. Right. And I forgot, I forget that element. All I remember is just I know like, my voice is going, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's <hard. laughs> no, it is. It's really, really intense. But like, but I mean, I think that that just speaks to how much this matters to you. Right. Like this is like, cause I've always known you. I mean, and it's also really fascinating for me because you were so confident like when i met you right like you were you had just gotten the bmw uh <laughs> award uh and 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 a bunch of other cool like things that i was just like were just completely outside of my reality right and i still look up to you like with mad respect but it is it's interesting and it's i think it's really helpful to, to for me to hear that you know even someone as accomplished as you can like struggle with these things i think um not that Eat, Pray, Love is a really good book or anything. I have never read it. But there is that TED Talk of the woman that wrote it who, like, she wrote the mega blockbuster, right? And um, I think one of the things that is really interesting about what about that TED Talk, not that I would, like, endorse TED or anything like that. I just saw that back when that shit was relevant. Um, 
that, that she talks about like the pressure of having to keep making art after like she wrote a book that was never she was probably never going to write anything that could compete with it. It just it's one of those freakish anomaly things where something goes viral and Julia Roberts ends up playing you. Right. Like that's ne probably never going to happen again to her. And what she realized is is like what I think the artist way is it it messes with your or it rearranges your assumptions of how it is that you make art and why it is that you make art. And one of the things that uh, that comes up in that TED talk is the 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 idea of the genius, the classical idea of the genius, because nowadays Elon Musk, some people say he's a genius. The human being is the genius. But the genius in classical time was something that you accessed, right? Like the genius was an was another entity, which is why it's interesting. Like there is some level of like, like if you want to make the great creator thing secular, because I'm pretty much agnostic most of the time, you know, unless I'm like, miss my dad, <laughs> you know, but uh but like, or I'm like super vulnerable. I talk about that all the time. Like if I'm weak, I need, and I need a God, I reach out to a God and a God is there, but I don't spend all most of my time consumed by that. But I think that like, you know, to frame it, you can also just frame it as like, you're tapping into like a zeitgeist or a collective yeah. unconscious, right? Which is not that myth mystical because that is the basis of all of all art, right? Like the things that in art history stand out are things that are relevant to the way people were thinking at the time, like Picasso, all, all of those ideas that there's like no, no space between us, right? Like that it's just imagined. There are it, like the space between me and you, even all the way in London is densely packed with particles and things like that. And all those little things that just kind of become of the time and a reflection, right? Like nobody's necessarily dismantling systems with art. They're more, more, more than anything. It's just a document. Like it's, it's a historical record of the experience of the time, right. Of what it was like. So it's, it's really interesting to see you kind of uh, going through that process. Cause I've, I've been through it and I've been thinking about doing it again as, as like a live stream myself. I'm so it's going to yeah. look like I stole the idea from you, but I am a hundred percent. There's lots of people doing it. There's lots, <laughs> but I mean, I know, I do think that coming, you know, going full circle is me standing up and showing what I'm doing early on of being like, this is a form of activism. I think it's a form of activism of also talking about that. You can be blocked, that you can be yeah. into your career and you can be blocked because and you you do have to you know I've had to cancel things I've had to say sorry I can't deliver that and it's like what yeah, it's yeah. so hard because it's everything you've worked for you know I stuff stuff just going wrong you know for the first time I had you know had three shows opening consecutively at the beginning of the year and one of the pieces just didn't make it and it's like wow okay <laughs> it's like yeah it's I saw hard. you post about that yeah yeah and that's when I was like, right, I really need to just sort of regroup this and take a step back. And I suppose re realistically, if I didn't have a new child and I would be like, okay, this is a perfect time for a residency. And I would just go on a residency somewhere. And that would be, that would allow me to do that, um, to, to have that time for myself and play with the inner child. But the reality is, and for a lot of people, you know, we are juggling multiple jobs, we're juggling commitments and responsibilities. We can't just go off in a residency like maybe I would used to be able to do, you know, five mm. years ago or so. But so I couldn't reach out to that tool that I'd used in the past. So it's like, okay, 
I just need to try whatever I can really to. So just you just moved to the beach and... then. <laughs> yeah, so I moved to the beach. I try. I moved to the beach <laughs> to try and be on holiday. My life's on holiday, and but also it's a real identity shift. You know, I've born and bred London. I'm Londoner, and so to move to a town, yeah, it's a very creative town. You know, with Tracy Emin here and all of that, the fanfare and all of that here. Um, but also, I'm not in London. I'm not there. I don't have family and friends around me. No fam, no family around here. So it's kind of a big shift and a big thing of like, well, let's just do it. It's kind of like what Julia says, you know, where she's like, "What did you want? What What were your dreams as a kid? I always wanted to live by the seaside, as many people wanted to do. If I had yeah. a kid, I would like right, my kids can be brought up at the seaside. So as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was like, right, let's go to the seaside. Let's shake things up a bit and. You know, I'm still, you know, the jury's still out whether it's working or not. <laughs> but you have to try these things. You've got to lean, as she, as she even says, you know, you've got to lean into the faith of it because the net will catch you. I think that's one of her quotes. Yeah. No, it, it's it's really it's really important work that she did. I mean, I I can't imagine what it must feel like, you know, as someone who does a podcast that is somewhat related in in the sense of like, getting people a sense of what the art world is, you know, under uh, underneath all of it. I know I talk to people about like specific topics and whatnot, but ultimately I'm picking people's brains on how the art world works according to them. And it's always interesting. The art world is so vast, like it really is. And it's so easy to get into a small little corner of it and think it's that big. Right. Uh, the other thing is interesting is that you're a photographer, as far as I know, you mostly that's your main, I, that's how you mostly identify. So, uh, kudos to you on, on doing, on showing your drawings, you know, that must be like very, very nerve wracking, but I really want to see them. <laughs> I think, um, when I, when I was always a photographic artist, so I'd work with sculpture and I work a lot with installation video and mm -hmm. the. I suppose the tra if you'd say traditionally the training, not that you can have training photography, but the training like going to train at painting. I trained in photography, so I studied photography, uh, but always. And really that, that always has kind of a conceptual bent. In, yeah, you know, yeah, like, I would use so it. I, I can relate to being bent. blocked. I could <laughs> totally relate to being blocked with with yeah. photography because it is yeah. like it's almost like. It, it's almost like it is such a critical, you have to be critical because the editing is such a large component of it. You're editing, uh, you're editing the world, then you're editing your photographs and then all of that. Like I, I actually, it made me fucking mad <laughs> and I had to stop identifying as a photographer because I just, that's, that's actually the blockage and I just became a conceptual dude. And then now I'm like a little bit bored of that because it's a little too, um, like I like the thing that I I love that piece that that the the receipt printer piece that you saw, but the thing I hate about it is how easy it is to explain to people. You know, like it's like a punchline, it's a joke and a punchline. You know, so I got now I'm trying to get away from that and I'm going into this more like into this different place where now I'm painting all of a sudden, and oh, I feel wow. like, but I also feel like a poser, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> because like there I have friends that are like actual painters who mix paint colors and i was telling this to somebody that i was uh, hanging out with yesterday uh that i'm gonna have on the show daniel I, I don't know his last name yet but i just met him but i i was i was telling him this and he's like that's such a like you know renaissance masters like non-contemporary way to think about painting you know because <laughs> it's like 
yeah, I mask and I paint like what the fuck that's art, you know, nowadays in the contemporary postmodern sense, but I still feel a guilt to, to like, I feel like a, a poser in the tradition, you know what I mean? So I would I would discourage you from feeling that way about your drawings if it is that it, you haven't expressed that but if that if that is but like yeah. seriously it's going to be super interesting and I bet you people are going to be into it because you probably have your idea of what your drawings should be like but your drawings are probably pretty awesome. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'd think of it more as mark making and I'm doing a lot with my non-dominant hand and that is so fun. Like just yeah, doing yeah. it quickly because and not taking the pen off the paper because you just can't you you can't interfere with that it's like it is what it is and yeah so that's that's yeah I mean I'm doing it it's gonna have to happen I've made the decision now <laughs> I've been like ah, I don't want to do it well um, I would love to do a, another studio visit like I got to do with your other piece the the yeah. 3D piece because that are you, was are you gonna are you gonna come are you gonna come to the UK ever do you think I don't know I I mean not anytime within the next yeah. like year and a half I, I'm bu I'm buckling down for the coming uh, recession collapse to like a Great Depression. I mean, yeah. I'm not a financial analyst, but it doesn't look like it, it. When when people when the when you hear on the news people saying that like the only way to fix the economy is unemployed is to raise unemployment, you're like, what? <laughs> so I know. I mean, Work Show Grow just turned three, so I'm hopefully we can ride through it. Let's see yeah. what happens and like continue to give artists support and yeah, continue to give a disruptive form of arts education, which I really believe in. You know, it's so expensive art education, but we're offering, you know, it's like six, it's 600 pounds for a whole year, 59 pounds. I don't know the conversion, sorry. And they get, you know, they get workshops, they get their mentorship. They have resources library of over a hundred sessions on there. They have a, every month you have a crit. So eight people can come together and discuss work in progress, peer to peer. And that's mm. great. Like tomorrow at seven o'clock tomorrow night, I'm having a crit and I'm in my studio now and I'm going to, you know, put the work up as though I'm going to have the open studio next week and test things out and talk to people about it. And that's so amazing to have that peer group, support group and accountability. And I think a lot of people miss that actually of, of well, if you want to be the artist, like watch your support network and what's your accountability? I know tomorrow is going to be really busy because I at seven o'clock I've got a deadline. <laughs> and if I didn't have mm. that, I probably wouldn't make it. So, you know, Work Show Grow offering those monthly crits are, and people have been making amazing work because every month they've had to show up and do the crit, which yeah, is yeah. It's incredible to put that together. No, I really, I'm, I'm really excited about what you guys are doing over there. I'm super supportive of any, I like, I mean, it's well documented how I feel about academia. I know that you work still work in it, so I won't badmouth it too much. But I, I think I think that especially in the US, it is very prohibitive. Uh and I'm like literally discouraging some people. I'm I'm straight out discouraging people to go to private art schools, like, you know, openly. I think that if you go to like a state school, anything that you can ever pay the the debt off is going to make sure that you, if you owe $300,000 at the start of your career, you're never going to make art. You're never going to make art. So- Is that how I, much you could owe? Uh, I mean, that's, yeah, the the programs are pretty expensive out here because they'll, they'll quote you- I mean, it's been a long time, so I may be inflating the numbers a little bit, and it probably includes housing the way that I was about I'm to say. Once you do your housing and your food and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but it's like, but yeah, they told me that with a, their estimate at uh, at a at Cal Arts, which was the school that got that I got into, that I decided not to go to. That I have a lot of friends that went to, so no no hate on their decision. But I'm just saying that, like for me, I just didn't see the financial benefit for me because I just didn't want to teach. But mm. I know people that you know, like you can. There are there are different avenues. You, it's a. Uh, you can you can just start a podcast too (laughs) yeah exactly exactly you can get the tutors that you wanted to learn from get them on your podcast and you can learn from them yeah yeah that's exactly like that's literally what i'm doing right now (laughs) in the present moment i am having a conversation with one of my tutors and re re rekindling that uh, to 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 tutorial relationship because uh yeah i'm really excited about what you're doing and i i I feel like uh i feel like we are simpatico like the podcast and what you do are very much on the same page very much about uh asserting your own relevance you know which is by the end of uh the artist way that's where i was i hope i i hope that that's where you are too maybe look I'm writing that down asserting you know, your own relevance yeah like nobody fucking knew me when i started yeah you know like and then yeah i was i, I i'm not I, not that i'm like a huge fucking name but like like you said, when I show up to people and people introduce me that have never met me and have no concept of what the podcast is, they're like, oh, he runs a podcast. I already come with some like yeah. cred, you know, because I'm doing something right. Uh, like I, I have decided that I'm relevant and people yeah. acknowledge that. Like in, in yeah, you you're, know. Adding, you're adding value. You're part of the conversation. You've pulled up a chair. That's essentially yeah. what your podcast is. You've pulled up a chair and you're like, hey, I'm sitting at this table move aside <laughs> and i and i like it's to great. say things that are not not necessarily allowed or because i'm not necessarily trying to get into the same uh i don't have to have the same career as other people right like because i can depend on the podcast as maybe a a, a, a monetizing source in the future shit maybe i'm just ruining all future career prospects but i can be critical of spaces like like i've i'm I, I keep saying I shouldn't do this, but I, I, I'm not a huge fan of hyperallergic and a lot of the publications. I, you know, I feel like a lot of, um, I feel like a lot of media is made to keep people that have the money to buy products happy, right? And and I think a lot. I think if you start to question that kind of that that hierarchy, you really get a sense of like who's really in charge in this country. And who's really getting, you know, and who, like, if you look, if you listen at what advertisers are trying to, um, you know, not be associated with, right? Like, we don't want to be associated with this brand. We don't want to be associated with that. You start to get a real sense of, like, who really has pull as consumers in this country and not, you know, artists are left out of that shit a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the it, how much is sold to artists? Artists are just kind of, like, we have the writer's strike right now like always getting devalued, right? But our education is so expensive, right? Like constantly, constantly we are worth less. There's no conversation about what happens beneath like, you know, the 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 top of the top. And like, I just find all that stuff relevant. And I think you do that too. Like, you know, uh, I wish there was a you here so that I, they knew how to get money here. And there was a work show girl that I could join here. <laughs> because all of the stuff seems so specific but uh but yeah you're you're also like you are a very 
outgoing person. And one of the things that I remember about you is like, you're small, you're like short, but you're feisty. <laughs> like, I just remember you taking people on in conversation and just like making them seem, seem tiny. It was, it was, it's very interesting. There's a big brain in there that that's always functioning. <laughs> yeah maybe it's that i grew up with four brothers the only daughter, <laughs> so i had to, i've always had to fight <laughs> how tall are you i don't remember i was five two five two. Oh, you're not that short oh, do you do, do, you do, do you, it's do you do foot yeah five two it's not that yeah. short yeah so you're not that short, short. but yeah, i get i mean the, the, i'm also not that tall so <laughs> 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 to for to me we're, we're we're close i'm closer in size to you than yeah. than to so other made, people is made in la still running are they still uh we're trying to convince molly uh but it is a lot of work uh, there's, yeah. there's there's some talk of it coming back. I'm always I'm always gonna push for it and and slightly gently pressure her. But we're going to we're going to the Made in LA at the Hammer, cool. uh, in uh, as a fun ironic like joke between us yeah. <laughs> this Sunday because it's out now. So so t- technically it's sh- Made in LA would be going on about now, but yeah. they just need a break. And it's also good. I mean, I took a month break after my father passed. I, I just needed it, you know, like it's it, it's fine to feel like the constant capitalist pressure to like constantly be pushing forward. But yeah, if that if Made in L.A. ever comes back, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'll come out for it. Maybe you can curate the show or something. It'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. We, we've always talked about you curating a show with me so that I could up my <laughs> my clout and uh i'm transparently for that <laughs> yeah that was, nice. that was nice all right anything that you wanted to like say that you didn't get a chance to say because i spoke over you any thoughts that you want to get out be- because you got this chance and you might think uh, later like oh i should have said that it's fine if you no, don't i think i think it's good i mean also it's very late for me here it's 20 to 20. no no yeah yeah 20 to 10 so I'm I am a morning person I'm like 5 a.m up so this is like night out I don't do night out I tricked so, you into doing a full hour and a half yeah you did <laughs> <laughs> you did you tricked me um but I think even although it's like a little ah uh, sleepy I'm still I'm still very happy with what we've talked talked about I think the the only thing I was wondering about was with the blocked artist and Julia Cameron is I didn't know whether to look at other her. She's done forty five books. She's written yeah. forty five books, which is crazy. I'm like, do I look at other ones or not? She does writers retreats as well. I'm like, what would that be like? Yeah. But I think I'm just going to go through the process, and we've been talking about that. Of actually, do you go to a writers retreat or do we do, do we work on a next book afterwards? But I feel like it's just a one off. So I'll see how I feel at the end of it <laughs> because yeah. I think you go through that process and then you have to leave time to see. So yeah, I'll I'll be in touch and let you know what the outcome is. But well, people can me. follow you at your at, at it's at work show girl, right? Yeah, and at Natasha.caruana, C-A-R-U-A-N-A. <laughs> um I always say it remind it's uh rhymes with marijuana, caruana marijuana. That's how you say yeah. it. We always have very good pronunciation. But thank you for letting me be vulnerable and share the blocked experience I've been in. I've been very under the radar, so no one has no one knows this. Um, so <laughs> thanks for giving the platform. I'm now going to go and be very vulnerable tonight. 
<laughs> well, I know it's it's a pleasure. Like I said, the, this podcast, uh, uh, you know, we we I I always like to give people their due, and uh, you were very much an inspiration early on. I don't. I, I did. I have the podcast back then. Did I? No. Okay. So it came like pretty shortly after because I think that was like 2017, and I I was already thinking about the podcast, and then I must have started you were buying your equipment. You were buying your kit. Oh, okay. So I was starting it. Yeah, because I I think I must have started it that that uh that january february or december because i know we bought the the thing in december of 2017 the the hosting anyway like no one cares but uh i care and i want you to know that that meant a lot to me like you are you are really you know a badass artist i think people should get into your work i'm glad that we got to talk a little bit about the that one piece because that is a really interesting uh piece and people should go check it out and uh yeah uh we'll be back uh next oh wait a- any other things that we can plug your website uh yeah work you know the work show grow website and also the instagram we do a lot of free uh, material we do a lot of educational content so a lot of carousels about how to do things on our instagram and you know i've been quite we have a social media manager she's been amazing at showing like i'm there when i'm not there that I'm going to be showing up from Monday again on there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a really nice way to follow the energy of this community of people that are sharing how things happen and sharing opportunities and not making it competitive. Like it's such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, so I'd yeah. say if you're feeling like you're not sure what's happening and yeah, just come and come and be part of the positive energy of, of enjoying the journey. Essentially that's what we're doing. We're enjoying the journey because you just yeah. don't know what the destination is. So it's like you might as well enjoy it while you're still trying to get there with other people. I have never known an artist that was so serious about art making, honestly. <laughs> so I'm not worried about your your blockage being permanent. If I can get unblocked, I mean, huh, you just you just got to get past the pressures of of uh, of of who you you know, of how you think you need to do it or what you think you need to be, you know? And I think I think Julia's got your back on that. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week with another guest and another topic that may or may not be art related.